before we get started with today's show, I want to tell you guys about betonline.ag. The All-Star has passed. It is officially basketball season, and we are headed to the home stretch of both the college and pro hoops regular seasons. BetOnline is the number one place to stop for all the odds, totals, and player performance props. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up and get a 50% welcome bonus when you use the promo code BLEAV. B-L-E-A-V. BetOnline, where the game starts. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, or good night. However and whenever it is you may be listening, thank you for stopping into another fantabulous episode of The Take It easy podcast live on the believe podcast network except it isn't live because it's a podcast welcome in everybody it is two 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 tuesday Welcome in everybody. It is the second the twenty second day of the t- second month in the twenty second year, possibly twenty second hour and twenty second minute and twenty second second, and maybe down to the twenty second millisecond when you're listening to today's podcast here on Take It Easy. It might also not be two 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 Tuesday when you're listening to this, but we appreciate you stopping in however and whenever it is you may be listening. Happy second day, uh, or 22nd day of the 22nd year, second month, all that stuff. Yay. Morgan from Australia is joining us here today on the Take It Easy podcast. I have a lot of fun there. First off, we're for some reason going to do the thing we always end up doing when Morgan from Australia comes on, which is we're going to talk about serious subject matter and race in America before doing all of the hijinks and shenanigans about Jim Nance's wardrobe here on the podcast. And what I wanted to talk about first and foremost is circling back to a quote-unquote Saturday morning news dump, and I was uh, getting ready to go on a lovely two-day vacation when the news dropped in that Brian Flores had been hired as linebackers coach slash assistant coach for the Pittsburgh Steelers. And when we're doing this analysis, I want to say the obvious thing first, because sometimes the way that people can get into trouble when talking about this subject matter is by not stating the obvious thing and that is this Brian Flores getting a job while actively suing the NFL is a positive is a very good thing but it was obvious that Brian Flores should have gotten a job if he had wanted the Texans head coaching job he should have gotten the Texans head coaching job instead of Lovey Smith because the interview process came down to him and Josh McCown, and then when the NFL said that they couldn't hire Josh McCown 
and Brian Flores was actively suing the NFL, so they took him out of the running. They then interviewed Lovey Smith on a Sunday, hired him on the next Monday. He will be fired within a year. If Brian Flores had wanted the Houston Texans head coaching job, he should have gotten the Houston Texans head coaching job. And Brian Flores suing the NFL in an ideal world would be commendable. And Brian Flores would be desired by many teams for the ex- for exhibiting a level of leadership, even if he's not the perfect messenger on this issue, exhibiting a level of leadership in the fact that he was possibly sacrificing the future of his career in bringing a lawsuit around the NFL and the fear of being blackballed by the sport. Where this is an incredibly disappointing reality is that Brian Flores got hired by the one team that doesn't need to change. The reason that we have a problem in the NFL with racist hiring practices and the NFL having basically a closed-door industry that they only open to maintain and uphold white power, the problem with this is that the Pittsburgh Steelers are the one franchise in the NFL owned by a really, really rich white guy that doesn't operate as if they are owned by a really, really rich white guy. And what that means is the Rooney family is the family championing the causes of the minorities in a majority position of power. Minority in this case means race and religious um, background. It, I mean, it doesn't necessarily mean LGBTQ plus people in positions of power or women in positions of power, but the NFL's getting there slowly but steadily. Again, this is an industry that is moving much slower than the rest of America because they don't have to. You know, white power structures are still in place across hundreds of years. They're not moving as quickly as maybe we would like, but we're getting there eventually. It'll take generations for some of this stuff to change without a full-scale teardown of the white power structure in America. But ultimately, the Rooney family is willing to give up some of their power to people who don't act, think, and look like they do which ultimately will make them a better run organization. Like this is the whole thing that is in a way funny about discrimination and bigotry is it actively hurts the people who are committing bigotry and discrimination. And in this case, racism, it actively undermines the success of your organization because you're limiting the pool of candidates who could actually be a part of your organization. Thus, you are less likely to get more talented people in the door and the Rooney family is the t- the group that pushed for the Rooney rule obviously to come into in 2003 they were the one who put their money where their mouth was in hiring Mike Tomlin empowering Mike Tomlin they interviewed Omar Khan for their open general manager position frequently employ black assistant coaches behind Mike Tomlin even though Mike Tomlin doesn't have the same coaching tree and they are a team that empowers people who don't look act and think like the Rooney family which means they were the team that didn't need to change their hiring practices. Ideally, one of the owners who is actively blackballing Colin Kaepernick and you know settled out a lawsuit with a non-disclosure agreement to blackball Colin Kaepernick from the NFL, that ends up in a position where maybe one of the other 30 owners 
who and you know uphold and maintain the white power structure maybe one of them hires Brian Flores instead of the team that doesn't need to change the Steelers are 30 40 50 years ahead and this is something I find interesting about the Roonies as a whole is I wonder how popular they are among NFL circles because they do have some this is the other thing about owners in the NFL a lot of them are friendly with each other it's like one big fraternity of really rich people who all have a common interest of running an, a, a professional football team and presumably a love of professional football. And a lot of them build relationships and friendships with each other. I wonder how the Roonies who don't act, think, or behave all, I mean, as much as other white billionaires like white billionaires, they don't act like fourth generation white billionaires the way we think of that maintaining and upholding a level of white power because you're fourth family generation billionaire that you ultimately, I mean, again, the Rooney family also began owning the NFL before the NFL was profitable for 60 years. So, you know, there's another step to that as well. The point still stands here that the Roonies are the family and the team that doesn't need to change with the times. They are the one white power structure that doesn't act that actively gives up some of that white power to people who don't act think and look like themselves and so it was disappointing that the team we know already doesn't have issues with hiring ends up hiring brian flores i heard people saying that this was the perfect fit for brian flores and i would argue that what brian flores is arguing for is that this is not the team that should hire Brian Flores. It's a team that will give Brian Flores power and immunity and protection from the NFL, and maybe that's a stepping stone for Brian Flores back into the NFL. It would have been real progress if one of these other teams, maybe not the Houston Texans, because again, the McNair family is is letting their team be run by a team pastor, and they are good friends with Mitch McConnell, so maybe they aren't the people who are going to have their hearts swayed by a Brian Flores lawsuit in giving up power to people who don't act, think, and look like them. But maybe another team would have been the one who steps in and says, not only are we going to talk about put, about backing up candidates who don't act, think, and look like we do when most billionaires end up donating money to both parties so that they can curry favor no matter who wins an election. And Robert Kraft is a person who doesn't necessarily support the Republican Party as much as he used to, but is still a billionaire who tries to, you know, for financial reasons, support both sides. And, you know, majority of owners lean conservative because of economic decisions. You see someone else put their money where their mouth is on the Brian Flores stuff, because that's how progress is going to work. Part of progress is going to be removing some of the old rich white people as a way to try and take down the white power structure. Now, at this point in the game, 76% of billionaires in America are white, so there's an increased chance that you're still going to get a white owner replacing Dan Snyder, replacing possibly Stephen Ross, replacing Jerry Richardson when he got fired by the Panthers. Sure, the white power structures are going to keep those things in place, but maybe, just maybe, you're finding a better option than fifth generation owner or sixth or second generation owner who owns a team for 38 years and passes it on to their children 
maybe the white power structure can be broken down a little bit by people not thinking, acting, and behaving like white people in positions of power, where priority number one is to maintain control. Maybe someone else does it. I don't know who it would have been. The Texans are the team that's there because they were the one going through the interviewing process on Brian Flores, and the Texans are not the greatest representation of NFL ownership. Like, progressive changing of the NFL guard and dismantling white power structure. Texans are white power at this point. Yes, they've hired the three black coaches in a row, all of them hired just to clean up the messes of a whole bunch of white people not qualified to run an organization until they can inevitably turn things around and hire totally unqualified Josh McCown as their as their head football coach. So the Texans aren't the greatest example, but maybe someone else is the person who changes the white power structure and genuinely gives Brian Flores a job, genuinely sticks their neck out for him and protects him, not in the one team that's already being run in such a way. I just wish it could have been someone other than the Pittsburgh Steelers who hired Brian Flores because that would have signified progress more. For 20 years, the Pittsburgh Steelers have been the one team that isn't run traditionally like a franchise with a lot of white people in positions of power. Or at least they're willing to put their name out there and then back it up, whether through their own hiring processes or trying to fight for and implement the Rooney Rule or articulate uh, a, a, a backup the Fritz Pollard Alliance is essentially what I'm going for, which if you don't know what the Fritz Pollard Alliance is, it's a group of... It's a group of former players and administrators who are who basically assemble a list of black candidates and send them to teams and give teams kind of an idea of who are the top candidates. Not like they don't already know, but just trying to give them an idea of how and why black candidates and Afro-Latino candidates like Brian Flores are qualified to be coaches and general managers and assume positions of power. They have tried to articulate for these things, and Roger Goodell also has articulated this. If you look at some of Roger Goodell's hiring practices, he has been incredibly progressive in giving up some of his power to people who don't act, think, and look like Roger Goodell. He's unfortunately just in a compromised position where he works for the NFL owners. And so... Those are steps in the right direction. Other teams are doing smaller steps that way, but it would have been a bolder statement if someone else would have been willing, and by the way, also for a competitive advantage, because Brian Flores should be a head coach in the NFL right now. For a competitive advantage, someone would have said, we're going to stick our neck up for that guy who's not the team that we all expected was going to stick their neck up for that guy. Maybe it's a step back in for Brian Flores, but it would have looked more like progress if it had been someone else giving Brian Flores that step back in other than the Pittsburgh Steelers. So that's the part that was disappointing about that, but I want to articulate on the front end, Brian Flores getting a job is a measure of progress, but it's not enough by any stretch of the imagination. Brian Flores should have been applauded by people within the power structure for bringing that lawsuit about against the NFL. For people, you know, in an idealized world, Brian Flores would not have, would have had one, people backing him up on that lawsuit, and two, would have had more people than just the Pittsburgh Steelers be an ally to him in this fight within the NFL. 
and prevented him from actually getting blackballed the exact way Colin Kaepernick and Eric Reed got blackballed from the sport less than six years ago. So again, it is a victory that he did not get blackballed from the sport, but that was the bare minimum. Like, if you couldn't get over that, progress wasn't even there from where we were six years ago with Colin Kaepernick when we all, well, not all of us, when the majority now believe and agree it's kind of BS what happened to Colin Kaepernick. Nobody stuck stuck their neck out for him, and he ended up getting run out of the sport because nobody was willing to fight white power. And because of that, it made it easy to scapegoat him and scapegoat Eric Reed, get them out, and just keep moving along without signifying real progress towards equality and really just, I mean, it's a crappy way of saying this, ending racism. But there is no way to end racism. It's all about advancing the cause of equality for people who don't have equal opportunity or really any opportunity in the NFL as things currently stand because the NFL ain't hiring women, ain't hiring LGBTQ, uh, openly LGBTQ plus people. NFL ain't really hiring religious minorities in real positions of power. Needs to improve, again, needs to advance across generations unless you're tearing down the system and building it back up. So it is a victory that Brian Flores did get a job and also just not enough at all. Like just the bare minimum was Brian Flores getting a job and the bare minimum of it's already the team that we all expected would give Brian Flores a job. Would have been so much better for progress if it had been someone else giving Brian Flores that job. So it's slightly disappointing. It's slightly disappointing that Brian Flores ended up being hired by Pittsburgh because it should have been a different team that would have helped further progress because it's just one of these white billionaires willing to stick their neck out and not behave like a white billionaire in the smallest of way, which is this guy who's actively suing the NFL for clearly clear violations of civil rights and racial discrimination, not necessarily in specific hiring practices, but in the systemic racism as a whole in the, the systemic racist hiring practices, something that's clearly meant to uphold and maintain white power. He's trying to attack that system. And ideally white people would look to that and say, that is a great leadership move. And we think that person could even just improve our football team. Even if you don't want to stand on the principle of this is the morally right thing to do, maybe he improves your football team ever so slightly. These people are willing to do anything to get a competitive advantage in some of these cases, except hire Brian Flores, unless you're the Pittsburgh Steelers, which is the team who's been making moves like this as a well-run organization across the last quarter century. So with that being said, let's welcome in our great friend Morgan from Australia for more shenanigan-y type podcast here on this 2222222222 Tuesday. New sponsor alert, people. It's the good people over at Athletic Greens supporting this podcast. You can get 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, superfoods, probiotics, and adaptogens with one scoop a day of Athletic Greens. Athletic Greens has a special blend of ingredients that support your gut health, nervous system, immune system, boost your energy, as well as improving recovery times. You can reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. One scoop in a cup of water 
And that's it. And to make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D using the promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, at athleticgreens.com slash believe. By the way, the link to that is in the description to this episode. Go to athleticgreens.com slash believe and use our promo code at checkout. Athletic Greens, take ownership of your health. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. These products are not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Hello? Hey. Hi, Morgan. Hello, how are you? I am doing wonderfully. How are you on this fine Tuesday slash Monday slash Wednesday? Because I don't know how time works. Yeah. I'm I'm good. I'm good on all those days, I've decided. All of those days, good. Yeah, all of them happening all at the same time and also possibly a different day whenever people are listening to this. Um, yeah. Happy yeah. whatever day it is. Happy whatever day it is and happy whatever month it is of whatever year it is. Uh, happy yeah. June. Hey, everybody. Happy June. So this is a funny thing is that the the Levitard show has given me many of my accents. Like I basically at this point do accents of Mike Ryan doing other accents at times. So that's where like John Gruden comes from. Uh, Andrew Luck is pretty good. Chris Whittingham's Owen Wilson is kind of the inspiration for my Owen Wilson. So. Wow. 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 Would you look at that? Wow. So yeah, I, I got like six in the archives. I'm working on Bill Belichick. That's the next one I'm trying. That's the next endeavor I'm trying for is to figure out how to master the Bill Belichick. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, it's, it's the, the code. The code word for it is uh, one step at a time. Uh, take a one step at a time. Yeah, it's more Sean Connery. Yeah, a little bit of Sean Connery in there. Um, I, by the way, I didn't realize how much Sean McVay wins the looks like game until last week. I was like, oh man, he is really good for the looks like game. Did you see my cool t-shirt? What's on your t-shirt? Oh, it's, it's your boy, Joey B. You got the t-shirt. I got it made. I got it made. Congratulations. It, um, it arrived just, oh, well, no, it was ready to pick up right after he lost the Super Bowl. Right after. Yeah. Yeah. But how how are you feeling when they had a chance to go up 24 to 13 and did not score a single point after that? I was really sad. It's very typical of me having a vested interest in a sporting team for them to lose in a manner such as that. Um, I was probably more sad when OBJ got hurt because I had a bet. I'm a reformed gambling addict, obviously not very well reformed, Um, but I put a bet on the MVP usually every year. And I decided that I was going to put a bet on Odell. I feel like I lost a thousand dollars and that I mean, um, yeah, you you were you were so close. It wasn't my favorite Super Bowl. 
understandable. I'm not even sure it was a great Super Bowl in the first place. I, wasn't the I don't even feel like the, that. I don't even feel like the Bengals were so close to winning. I feel like Odell was more likely to win the MVP than the Bengals were winning. I just always had this feeling that the Bengals weren't the best team on the day. Well, the Bengals weren't actually that good of a team this year. Like, this is the thing that I was yeah, saying. Okay, we get it. You said that they shouldn't be in the playoffs. We know that. Justify, no, but I, that was wrong. Justify your position. That was wrong. The fact that I said that they shouldn't have been in the playoffs was wrong. They were very much good enough to make the playoffs. They were just not as good as Buffalo or Kansas City or the Baltimore Ravens this year. And that's fine. You know, they, they're still very good. You don't, you don't have to be. That's not how the game works. You just have to be better than one of those teams on the day. And, they, and for the schedule to break your way such that you don't have to play both of them in the playoffs. Yeah, well, that, that's how the game works. That's how this. Everyone knows that. But that's they were super co- close. Conferences like, and divisions and all that kind of shit. Yeah, they were really close to winning. And that's disappointing for Joe. Um, for your beloved Burrow and the LSU Bengals. For my, for my sweet, sweet Joe. Yes. Sweet himself to people. Oh, my heart. My heart exploded when he introduced himself to Eric Weddle. Oh, oh. <laughs> I'm just oh, I'm a mess. Like, if I hear somebody speak and they're not and they're like quite eloquent and they're not just a dead shit, like I'm in love. That's it. If I because I set such a low bar for sports people to just be like I expect you to be a dead shit, just yeah. absolutely incapable of being a normal person, and like he just constantly exceeds that because he's a lovely wonderful young man and yeah. him, him introducing himself was just so cute i <laughs> love that they're Von and oh, i'm just <laughs> i want to hug him <laughs> you want to just give him a big hug and then he, he <laughs> enters mcl and you want to carry him, him like, off the oh, field oh joe <laughs> and like i knew that he was like that he really injured his knee and and he's and he stayed in the game and he couldn't even like drop back to pass and i just wanted to help him off like sweet boy that that was me with mahomes when andy reed called the the power run at the goal line i don't think he's ever called a qb sneak ever since where i'm like how can i give you my knee right now and make you okay again how can I make this work? Which seems like it was kind of the case for you with Odell too, where you just wanted to desperately make his oh. knee feel a little better. And not, not just for my bet, because I'm an LSU person. I'm a big fan of Odell. And and I, like I, I wanted, as much as I wanted the Bengals to win, like I wanted Odell to succeed. I want good things for Odell. And whether I think it's right or wrong to quit on your team or to behave in whatever manner in which he behaved, in Cleveland, I want good things for him. And, yeah, and you don't and like seem a, like a someone real, who judges the player that way, unless it's Aaron oh, Rodgers or it's Antonio Brown or it's. But he didn't uh, do it to my team. That's why he didn't quit on my team. So I understand the position of Browns fans being hurt because hell hath no fury like an ex scorned, not just a woman, but like I know, and I hold those grudges forever. I, like when people do wrong against my team. So I hope that Eli Apple never enjoys a meal again in his life in any state ever. I hope that 
every time he picks something up, he drops it because he probably does. That was a cheap joke. That was a cheap joke. Um, I don't care. I don't give a shit. I I wish nothing but the worst for him. Uh, I would like to say before. He's completely irrelevant to my life, but whatever. I just want nothing but bad things. Before we move off of the OBJ point, I would like to point out that uh, T-Mobile had to be the lucky loser this year of spending $6 million on their ad campaign and having Dolly Parton and Miley Cyrus. And they just happened to be the people whose advertisement was after OBJ tore his knee. They just had to be the unlucky people that got their advertisement immediately after we all watched Odell Beckham get hurt. (laughs) Oh, and like I saw Mike Ryan, like immediately, like, Everyone in at Mike Ryan's party looked at Mike Ryan. Well, I immediately went on Twitter to see what Mike Ryan said. Of course. <laughs> like I, you I, know I, what... I wanted to be at that party because I wanted to turn around and look at Mike Ryan and be like, react. You Show asshole. me a reaction. Give me you a reaction. You asshole who now. is happy that Odell Beckham got hurt but, even though he was you destroying know your that, life. You know, you know that like he wouldn't want to give you the reaction. <laughs> of course. <laughs> but, but because why would you? Well, yeah, if you're a bad person like I am. I don't celebrate injuries very often, like sometimes. Like if Tyreek Hill got injured, it'd be fucking party time. But <laughs> It's o- really Tyreek. We had never discovered this irrational hatred for Tyreek Hill. It's come out like the last three episodes now. It's just a burning yeah. hatred for Tyreek Hill. Yeah. By yeah. the way, did and, you see? Um, you know why? Because he's really fucking good and it makes me furious. Well, this is the thing the NFL has somehow skated on. We talked about it before because he was a fifth round pick. He they've kind of and he wasn't in the NFL when it happened. He skated a lot on this thing, which did you see that he showed up to the NHL All-Star game wearing a Rob Lowe NHL jersey that <laughs> he just had a jersey with the NHL logo on it. <laughs> That's funny. It was funny. I hate him. Yeah, (laughs) they were smart. The NHL put their all star game the same week as the Pro Bowl so they could just mooch off of the NFL with people coming to the game and stuff and shooting passes on the Bellagio fountain and stuff. NHL does their all-star game really well. I just unfortunately will never watch the NHL all-star game, but they do it better than everyone else. Don't know why I went on that tangent. Yeah, it's a real shame that they they, they do their their all-star game well. They do their playoffs well. It's just a real shame that people are like that big stage. They seem to do well. Yeah, it's just too bad that it's hockey, right? It's just unfortunately it's hockey. Kyle, no one cares. Yeah, that's right. It's it's darn shame. Uh, yeah. Speaking of, it's a real shame. shame. Yeah. Speaking of, uh, holding grudges against people who have hurt your teams, Ben Simmons, he's gone. How can I help you? I'm ready. I'm ready. (laughs) (laughs) I'm waiting. I just cede the floor to you, Ben Simmons. And I, I, I like Tyreek Hill compared to how much I hate Ben Simmons. Good lord! 
Well, congratulations. No, no, I'm, not com- I'm not comparing actions, but seriously. One is but seriously. <laughs> one committed treason against his country all the time. And against the city of Philadelphia. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I find that we find that a bit funny because haha. Yeah, because you know you trust that guy with your process. Trust him to walk my dog. No, Joel is the process now. That's it. Joel Embiid is the process. That was eight years ago now. They hired Sam Hinkie like eight years. I think Joel Embiid was drafted eight years ago. Like that thing has gone on for so long now. Like the process isn't going to lead to a championship most likely, but God damn, it has been going on forever. It's done though. It died with Sam Hinkie, didn't it? I, I would like to think that it is, but if Joel Embiid does win a championship, then all is all is worth it, right? No, <laughs> well, of course, in the end. Yeah, you but justify that's anything just... if, it, if you get if you get the chocolates at the end. But that's anyway, what the well, process who, who cares was about. about? We don't care about that. We don't care about that. We care about Ben Simmons. So he still <sighs> hasn't played. So at least I appreciate that. I appreciate his commitment to to the bit of you know what. It looks bad if I just turn up in Brooklyn and play like that. Yeah, and I'm, but- I'm, I'm not. I'm not questioning whether he has mental health issues. I think he absolutely does have mental health issues. I think that you couldn't possibly have walked away from that situation in which he was in and the pressure that he faced and not have had mental health issues. What I'm questioning is, no, I'm not questioning anything. I just think that he's a fucking coward who has no ability to f- to face or to, to hold himself accountable for his actions or for his inability to perform his role to the best of his abilities in when when it comes down to the crunch it's always somebody else's fault with ben it's always someone else's responsibility to make up for ben's shortcomings and i think that that's an immature way to hold yourself. Well, it's kind of a, he wants so to have his I look cake forward to him. Too. Of course, I look forward to him really taking on that responsibility um, and like learning from the example of Kyrie. <laughs> yeah, really well. that, that's going to be, that's going to be a weird and like, as, a, as a very proud Australian, a very proud Melbourneian to have two Australians and two Melbourne born play first picks in the draft playing on one team and on the same team as Patty Mills yeah and uh, on the same team as like Australia's best basketballer non-Andrew Bogut yeah we don't like him so yes Patty Mills best Australian basketball player Australia's Australia's most our most prized possession Patty Mills Uh, Liz Cambridge doesn't get the win on that one um I like Liz Cambage. I like her a lot. I, I would like to see her succeed with the Opals before I make that claim. You need to at least that, a bronze. I would, I would, yeah, well, I would say that um, Lauren Jackson would probably get the chocolates over Liz Cambage at this stage, maybe even Penny Taylor. Um, but Liz but Cambage Patty Mills could, got the Patty Mills has delivered the goods, dude. But, uh, yeah, the goods, dude. Bronze, yeah, rose gold what we always wanted. Um, but Paddy Mills did something that no men's basketballer has ever done before in leading us to a medal at the Olympic Games. And 
managed to galvanize a team that was very much um counting on Ben Simmons to play for them. Ca- yeah, counting on somebody to perform who <laughs> um wasn't able to do so. And and then also dealing with the Aaron Baines injury mid Olympics. I think would was very tough. So and whatever, he's a nice guy. He smiles nice and he has never brought shame to our country. So we like him so a lot. So Brooklyn's becoming the all Australia team. This is this is your jump on the bandwagon team since the Boston Celtics no. are good. Excuse me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Pretend like the win streak Excuse is Excuse me? The Boston Celtics are not good. Show show me the evidence of this, Kyle. They I are, like you I like to see. They are bring, good. Bring they are the good. Evidence. They are good. They're they're seventh place in the East. Good. I will give them that. That that is that's I know they're gonna be higher in the standings, but they're not as good as Brooklyn. They're not as good as Philadelphia. They're not as good as Miami. They're not as good as Chicago. They're not as good as they're better than Chicago. Chicago Mm. that is I don't even like Chicago. I don't Chicago is a false economy. Bullshit. All they need is one more Pablo fucking episode on DeMar DeRozan for them to sink that battleship. Because that's all that (laughs) that's all it took last time. There's a little bit of press about Chicago and down they go. So I'll get to working on that. DeMar DeRozan and his little MVP claim that you I heard you throw him in the MVP discussion at 30 to 1. Please get out. That's it's just ridiculous. the odds, just the gambling odds. It had nothing to ridiculous. do with myself. That, 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 that is not smart money. That is dumb, dumb money. Dumb, dumb money. Well, yeah, because DeMar DeRozan's not good enough to win an MVP. Of course he's not. No one's saying no, that. It's just there weird. There are only that three places pretty- worth putting your money. And I I would put it all on Joel. <laughs> you who is just crapping on the 76ers, you would put it all uh, on Joel. It's got nothing to do with Joel. I, I like Joel. I like Joel as a player. I like Joel as a troll. I like Joel as a character. I think he's fun. I like Doc a lot too. Um, that doesn't mean I like the 76ers as a franchise. I like Matisse Tybal. Of course. Your I like, boy. I, my boy. That's right. My boy. <laughs> Representing the green and gold, unlike Ben. Ben, who is maybe going to have a championship at the end of all of this, he's going to be rewarded with the championship. Oh, please, at the end he hasn't of all played a game. Get fucked. He has not earned anything. He no, he hasn't, nothing. and yet he might get rewarded with the. Goran Dragic will have earned this ring more than Ben Simmons. Fact, fact, very interesting, Goran Dragic. Goran Dragic is such a dick, man. Goran Dragic what was a working. Dick move. He was working out. Move. Okay, for people who don't know this, he was working out at the Miami Heat facilities for the last five months because Toronto basically did what we call Al Horfording him. They basically just said, "We'll pay you to just not come. Just don't show up. We'll figure it out. We'll just pay you to not show up." And then he got bought out in a trade. I think Toronto had to like attach a first round pick to him. Also, it was very confusing. Like they get traded to the Spurs, bought out by the Spurs. And instead of rejoining Miami, just straight up signs with Brooklyn. And by the way, this is the second goddamn year in a row. This has happened because last year, LaMarcus Aldridge signed with the heat backed out and joined the Brooklyn nets like an absolute dick. The Miami heat just get, dumped on for a second year in a row it's very funny because they were like 
of course, as soon as as soon as he got pointed out by this person, like it's happening, it's happening, the dragon's back, blah 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 blah, and then just <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn, Brooklyn of all places. Brooklyn doesn't even need him. That's the funniest part no. about it. Brooklyn has so many point guards. Oh even no, they Kim do. They need, him. they need him for home games, don't they? <laughs> Yeah, but Kyrie Irving's basically a shooting guard now. You know, Kevin Durant runs the offense. He's an off-ball guy. Uh, sometimes Ben Simmons will run the offense now. Yeah, but Kyrie's not there for home games. So yeah, they need, Goran. They need Goran for the home games. And apparently that's what Cam Thomas is for. <laughs> Bruce Brown, who had 30 points in a playoff game last year. We're not making Bruce's anymore, are we? I don't know if Bruce is one of the ones we brought up, but I don't think we're making Bruce's anymore. I don't know. Apparently, there's also a guy on the Nets named David Duke Jr. So all of this I think is... We're more, we're more likely to make David's than Bruce's. Yeah. I mean, David Duke, I felt like, was cool a name Bruce, that we were kind of over. But Cam I think, Thomas... Yeah, I, think Bruce, that, I think Bruce Wayne was the last cool Bruce. Was Bruce, Wayne, Bruce Willis equal than Bruce Wayne? Um, I, yes. But no, maybe no, Bruce Wayne. Bruce Wayne's Batman. <laughs> I know, I know. But Bruce Will- By the way, some some um some movie award show like this. I think it was an online movie award show, but they basically had a troll category that is worst performance of the year by Bruce Willis in a Bruce Willis movie. It's <laughs> 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 one of the trolliest things I've ever seen. They had five movies that were all Bruce Willis in a category called worst performance by Bruce Willis of 2021. See, I think that like to be able to have (laughs) the back catalog to be able to produce that, like he's up there with only like Nick Cage in Nick Cage is right there. Bruce Willis volume shooter. Like Nick Cage is volume shooter to the <laughs> Well, Nick Cage needs the money to buy his his collection of dinosaur skulls. Like Nicholas Ghost Rider. I think they came Ghost Rider in Melbourne. I'm pretty sure that happened. Maybe, <laughs> maybe I made that up. I'm, I'm sure that he filmed Ghost Rider in Melbourne. Bruce Willis is still doing so many movies. Who else is in this camp? I saw there's another new Liam Neeson movie coming out also. Uh, <laughs> they take his what? His wheelchair. Someone stole stole his walking frame. Uh, It is called. Has a certain set of skills. It is a movie called Blacklight. Would you like me to read the description for this movie that came out in 2022? (laughs) Please. Travis Block, a shadowy government agent who specializes in removing operatives whose covers have been exposed, uncovers a deadly conspiracy within his own ranks that reaches the highest echelons of power. The movie currently has an 8% on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Is there any kind of agent than a shadowy one? I think they all operate in the shadows, don't they? (laughs) Can a government agent not be shadowy? Is that how that works? It's all smoke and mirrors behind the shadows. (laughs) (laughs) What emerges from it? Liam Neeson punching you in the face. <laughs> I actually couldn't still swing at this age. I think it would land like a John Howard punch. Oh my God. Can we talk about that? Can we talk Absolutely. about that? Transition. Okay. So 
I was on vacation this weekend of sorts, you know, sort of vacation. And someone told me that Juwan Howard punched a coach on the sidelines. And I was articulating, yeah, he'll maybe get a game for that. I'm like, okay, I've seen the video. It's kind of an open hand slap. Then I was informed that he punched an opposing team's coach. At which point I'm like, oh, he is screwed. (laughs) I thought you meant he punched like someone on his own bench in like an altercation. No, he punched the other team's coach. He is so screwed. And what do you what do you expect of a member of the Fab Five? Like this is like every everyone wants a pirate until the pirate does pirate shit. Like it's precisely that. Because it was caught on video on the CBS broadcast. This wasn't like grainy footage afterwards, like the Bruce Arians one that David Samson defended. Like oh, this was so bad. <laughs> it was so bad. I was I was driving while listening to that episode. I was like, is this real? Like, David, if someone did that to David Samson, like not not only would they crush his skull. Like tiny little idiot. I genuinely like, couldn't believe that was the argument he was making. I'm like, this right. is straight oh. out of like 1958. <laughs> like, I couldn't believe it. Yeah, this is crazy. This is crazy behavior. <laughs> okay, so Jawan Howard, he got a full season suspension, which in my mind was like, oh wow, that's a huge suspension. And then I realized there's only like four games no, left in the five college games. basketball season. It's five, five games he got suspended. But, yeah, like, let's call it a full season. <laughs> this is I'm gonna argue on this one that this is Miles Garrett's situation where because it was on national television and because it was during the post-game handshake, so it was caught on camera for millions of people to watch or whatever hundreds of thousands were watching CBS at 10 o'clock on a Sunday because it was caught on camera on a nationally televised game. He got the full five game suspension. I think that this was a wrong place to commit it and they would have given him a lesser suspension. All right. So is this just for the regular season, like an Michigan in the tournament? Michigan probably is not going to make the tournament. Like Michigan okay, apparently so has been that, really that bad this interesting. year. Yeah, okay. Because that would be interesting to see if um if he was suspended for the tournament or not. Uh, he could pull a Will Wade and just reemerge because I don't know what you're talking about. Don't know what you're talking about. Will Wade uh, so your LSU Tigers. This would be and the FBI was investigating. <laughs> Will Wade. Will Wade pulled the ultimate power, one of the greatest power moves I've ever seen. That they, he got put on administrative leave for one game when they asked for him to meet with investigators. He told them to fuck off because you don't have the NCAA's governing body doesn't have subpoena power. You don't have to answer questions from the NCAA and they just reinstated his ass. He said no to answering questions and they still just reinstated him a game later. It was one of the most incredible things I've ever seen. Will Wade makes power moves like <laughs> still no the coach there still right now don't understand still to this it. day will wait is the coach <laughs> this is three years ago sean miller has been fired and replaced and arizona's back in the top 10 since this happened sean miller had to go on the stand and like do the i have never knowingly paid player like very <laughs> aggressive thing and he still got suspended 
And Will Wade's Wade. just like, I've played the fifth. Fuck off. Will Wade, like, he knew where all the bodies were buried with the Orgeron stuff and the head of the university. He knew where the bodies were buried. And they were just like, mm-hmm. ah, fuck. Reinstated with a contract. All right. Give, give this guy back his job. <laughs> Nothing to see here. The end. Go Tigers. I think they made the Sweet 16 after that, too. Like, it's one of the most incredible things ever. <laughs> Yeah, they definitely were more successful since then than they were when they had Ben Simmons back. Yeah, and Johnny Jones, I believe, was their head coach, who I believe is still coaching at Texas Southern. Wow. They made the tournament a couple years ago. (laughs) They made the tournament a couple years ago, unlike LSU. You shut your fucking mouth. (laughs) We're we're a Will Wade household here. <laughs> we like to just thumb our nose at the establishment. Fuck your rules. It's it's so amazing. The Will Wade thing is so incredible. Yeah, Joan Howard. Um that was just incredible that that's a thing that happened. Like I still can't I couldn't believe it when it was like Joan Howard punched someone. I was like, like a coach? Yeah, a coach. <laughs> like his own coach? No, the opposing no. team's coach. But did you see his? Did did you see his? Um, his whatever it is statement, like the first. I, I I assume this is the order in which the statement read. But the first statement was to like to his players and to his supporters and to Michigan people, and like the guy hit was like an afterthought in the second paragraph. Like, oh, whatever. this is like to him, uh... and, to him and his family. Yes, soz lol. Okay, here's the statement I have. After taking time to reflect on all that happened, I realized how unacceptable of my actions and words were. I'm offering my sincerest apology to my players and their families, my staff, my family, and the Michigan fans around the world. Then yes. I would like to personally apologize to Wisconsin. New paragraph. Coach New paragraph. Krabenhoft and his family. Yeah. yeah. Second <laughs> Lastly, paragraph, he apologizes to the victim. Yes. First, and then he says, first, I apologize for what this looks like to everybody else. So, like Brenneman apologizing to the sponsors and his employers before apologizing to black people, or I'm sorry, to um, gay people. Gay people, that's right. Yes, that was truly incredible. Uh, Jawan Howard just, Jawan Howard kind of know, like, yes, it's a terrible look for the University of Michigan, but is it really that terrible of a look? Like, you can get away with this. Only the the pearl-clutching people who possibly write the checks at the school are going to be upset about it. But Exactly right. So he knows where his bread is, but he apologized to the people he had to apologize to first. Exactly. Which is why I suspect that if this hadn't been if this hadn't been on national television, he probably would have ended up being okay. It was just that he got caught on camera live in front of millions of people. In 2022, you're going to get caught on camera doing everything. He was going to get caught no matter what. Like we got Bruce Arians even too. And that was like a (laughs) sideline camera that got it. It was like when a fight breaks out, it's going to happen no matter what. It just happened to be that it was on the closing credits of CBS telling us about Jim Nance's wardrobe being sponsored by his personal brand. Not a Republic. (laughs) (laughs) I always find that so funny, by the way, that that they'd like say Jim Nance's wardrobe is provided by Jim Nance's line of clothing. Check out Jim Nance's line of clothing. (laughs) 
<laughs> so weird. I don't get that because um, obviously like international broadcasts. So I, I just, I'm new to I'm new to that, and I'm, I might have to check out Jim Nance's <laughs> range of quarter zips because that's right up my alley. <laughs> Jim Nance, oh, fashion icon, rocking the the three piece <laughs> suit. Nobody rocks a three piece yeah. suit like Jim Nance. <laughs> Uh, right, I, know, I have I, in his closet now. You want to see skeletons in Kyle's closet are all wearing Jim Nance's suits. Yes, my closet. It's like uh, it's like the Steve Jobs thing where he only has turtlenecks. It's just all Jim Nance three piece suit. <laughs> my entire closet just only Jim Nance's three piece suits. I only purchase from Jim Nance's brand that I don't remember the name of, even though I've watched it on every app. Closing credits of every NFL game for five years. CBS marketing is working a treat right now. You are the, you are not even the target demographic, but you are buying it. I'm buying exclusively Jim Nance. And by the way, they're extremely expensive. Let me just say, I am I am taking out an extra loan just so I can exactly. buy the exquisite exactly right. Jim Nance three-piece suit. Student loans through the roof. <laughs> Yeah, of course, but we're spending our tuition money on Jim Nance's three-piece suit and pant combination. Because <laughs> when we rock up, when we when we rock up to, to, to school, we're gonna look the part. You know yes, I think we need. You know, seventy percent of it is looking the part, and you in your Jim Nance suit, you're gonna make it. <laughs> yeah, this is they're not even sponsoring us. We're not being paid to say this. We're just fans. Not not sponsored, but if it, you know what, I, I will wear a Jim Nance suit if a sponsor if a sponsorship is coming. If my we way. can, if we can get a spot, they they should sponsor us at this point. If we can get some Jim Nance, I would look sick with his. I would look sick with his Joe Burrow t shirt I designed with a Jim Nance suit. <laughs> uh, Jim, okay, Jim Nance clothing line is called. Okay, so it is Vineyard Vines, because of course it is. Oh, of course, yeah. <laughs> Vineyard yeah, Vines okay. presents, they present, Vineyard Vines presents the Jim Nance collection. Wow. It smells <laughs> like success. It smells <laughs> like that, a boat. That line it smells like smells, rich mahogany. Yes, it, it smells like, like a mahogany. boat. That has a winery on top of it. That's what this is like. That is exactly what Jim Nance yeah. is appealing towards: is people a, a that deep, have full red, wine bars like on deep their deep red boats. wine. Yeah, exactly right. The talons and the deep red wine. That's what it sounds like. So it sounds like somebody who swirls their wine. I need to. I need you to check your uh, your DMs right now, so I can send you the front photo oh, wow. that they present. Of I, I never, I never want to hear somebody say that to me. I, I my least favorite sentence is, "I need you to check your DMs." Ooh. Need you to check your DMs so you can see the first photo that you see when you pull up the Vineyard Vines collection. <laughs> <laughs> precisely exactly exactly what i was expecting because this is an jim audio nance. medium it is jim nance <laughs> on the, wearing on the 12th hole <laughs> at the 12th hole yeah. the d- mountains in the background he is wearing a belt khaki pants a blue pullover tucked in and what can only be referred to as white supremacist glasses yeah 
Absolutely. It is. Jim <laughs> they Nance. They are January just... 6th sunglasses. Yes. Um, Jim Nance has a quote on this website, quote, golf espouses many of life's greatest virtues, humility, integrity, compassion, and gratitude. Yeah, cool. I don't think that's the right club to be using on a green. No, uh, I don't think so. Uh, this is apparently at Pebble Beach, by the way. This is wow, the seventh hole is. at Pebble Beach with his nothing's, one of a kind. Nothing says Pebble Beach like Vineyard Vines. <laughs> In honor of Jim's late father, you can get 20% of proceeds donated to the Nance National Alzheimer's Foundation. I'm one of their biggest donors at this point. I've contributed so wow. much money to his family's Alzheimer's Foundation from buying all of his suits, khaki pants, and button-down t-shirts. Going golfing this weekend in your in your advance attire? Is that where you went on vacation? Presenting. You you went you you went to Pebble Beach on vacation, didn't you? Exactly. That's exactly where I was. By the way, each T-shirt begins at ninety eight dollars, but you can get a caramel cypress stripe polo T-shirt along with black pants as well. Uh, it's also one hundred and forty eight dollars for those uh, those shorts that are khakis, but they basically just cut off around like where your thighs are. Uh, that's kind of what they look like. $150 if you're looking for that combination. Wow. Yeah, that's that's exactly the look I was going for this week. And you can get a $250 clubhouse jacket and vest, courtesy of Jim Nance. Oh, I love a vest. I, I, I've actually transitioned. I've decided to transition my style this uh, coming fall. Um, and we're going with we're going hard on the vests. So I, I uh, ordered three vests. It's a, it's currently too hot to wear them, but um, I'm very much looking forward to vest, to invest yes. in my vests. I have uh, recently invested in trying to improve my style as well for what people have called dressing less like a straight white man, which is apparently just wearing jeans and a sweatshirt every day for the past 15 years. Um, this will be a change that includes a Mac Brown puffy coat in my new wardrobe now which I can only wear for another month. I was, yeah, I was going to say, you'll get a lot of use out of that where you live. Yes, it gets cold. It's in the 30s tonight. I could sleep with the window open the and 30s. wear my Mac Brown puffy coat. Wow. So that I can be warm when I lose to <laughs> NC State. <laughs> wow. This is me. Can you think of anything better than peace of mind? I'm sure I could come up with a couple, but the point still stands. NordVPN is here to give you peace of mind while you are online. With all the threats that you face today on the internet, it's more important than ever to be sure you have the best VPN that you can get. You can get NordVPN on all of your computers and devices. With NordVPN's unlimited bandwidth, you never have to worry about a slow connection either. Plans start as low as $4 per month. And... If you sign up today with the exclusive promo code BLEAV, B-L-E-A-V, you can get 70% off your NordVPN plan and one additional month free. NordVPN is risk-free for 30 days. You will get your money back no matter what. To make it a little easier, use the link in the description to this episode to go to nordvpn.com slash BLEAV. Just roll with it. 
just roll with it. Just roll with it. And I, I, I do have I do have one question. I do need some more gymnastics attire. Yeah, but yes, I, please continue. Let's I go. I have a question that I have been mulling over this weekend. I oh. felt you were the person that would be appropriate for this. And right. this would be more appropriate for I the feel, Levitard show to discuss. And I feel I'm, I feel pressure. I'm amazed they haven't discussed this before. Can you tell me the difference between a diner and a cafe? I would it be class of food. Like a, a diner sant seems to me like something that's open later than the cafe. We have longer hours, maybe 24 hour diner. Diner seems to be something that was like truck stop sort of food. Diner is more know. truck stop. Cafe is more like. Uh, Especially uh, here, ca- a cafe is, it's more vineyard vines. So. And, um, and, a, and, and a diner is more Mac Brown. So, so a cafe signifies more big city, right? Cafe is in a big city, but a diner yeah, yeah, big, is yeah. in a small town. Yeah, a diner, a diner, yeah, a diner is more small town, more country, more truck stop. Whereas, like a cafe, it's more avocado toast. It's more bougie. That's what you're saying. Yeah. yeah. Okay. So yeah. that's um, slightly more herbal bougie. tea, avocado toast. Try so that means IHOP is a diner, correct? IHOP is a diner. Denny's is a diner. Denny's is a diner. Then a cafe is more something that serves coffee as well. But a, I guess I hope so. would coffee. be so, yeah, but a cafe would be something that I wouldn't necessarily associate as a chain. I think cafes are more standalone, whereas like chains I would more associate with diners. But both are known for breakfast, correct? Both of uh, these correct. Yeah. Bo- ca- both of ca- these specialize in breakfast. Specialize in breakfast, especially here. Like I went to a cafe for brunch today. Brunch is the best meal of the day, um, and it's not always before lunch. It can be after lunch, and still call it brunch. That's um, good because I eat lunch at like ten o'clock most days. Well, yeah, I'm like, I'm like oh, I, like this morning I played netball, then I went to brunch, and I had breakfast food at twelve o'clock because that's twelve just, o'clock yeah, on a I, Tuesday. That's what I do. It's my yeah, day off. Yeah. You had breakfast at 12 o'clock on a Tuesday, as one should. Yeah. Well, well I, I'd already played two games of sport in the morning. Like, I'd, I'd woken up. I guess more, most people would eat before they do these things, but I don't like to eat and then play sport. It makes me feel sick. But, Understandable. Do you think cafes are allowed to serve dinner? No. No? I don't think cafes, cafes are open cl- at dinner time. Cafes close at 3 o'clock. That's what you're saying. Uh, around 4, 4.30. I don't think a cafe should be open past 5. Okay, so cafe needs cafes to be closed as soon yet. as dinner. Cafes but, don't serve dinner. But at a diner, you can get both an omelet and a country fried steak at all times of the day. Absolutely, and you can get your country fried steak on a pancake if you like. <laughs> free pancake day is someday this week. I don't know which day it is, but free pancake day is one of these days. Yeah, I don't know if I've told my traumatic pancake story on here. I think I have, but... um. We're only just transitioning back into eating pancakes. We're trying. Yes. We're growing. We should. Growing. As we should. Yeah. Well, when someone tries to kill you in a pancake, you kind of takes it, it takes a while to get over it. Like, yeah, they you got drugs. In- tri- they, they triggered me. So I'm getting back to it. I think I, w- I was always able to like differentiate pikelets because they were smaller um, and not the same thing. But pancakes, we're getting back to it. Yeah, drugged, drugged by pancakes in, I think it was San Francisco. Correct. Great yes. memory. Good Great recall. memory. Getting Good drugged times. by pa- Of 
course, Morgan's journey across America, getting drugged by yeah. pancakes and showing up right. at a Moss Miami event 10 years later. I think that's what we concluded from your journey around America. Well, that's a lot more than 10 years, but... Yeah, yeah. No, that was what we concluded that you have done in America and also gone to Wrigley Field. I haven't been to Wrigley Field yet. Go get there. Oh, where did you go then? No, I haven't. I haven't been to a baseball stadium. I've been to Tampa Bay to watch the hockey, even though I don't like hockey. Um, Hard Rock Stadium, even though I don't like the Dolphins. Yeah. The, the dirty river in Tampa, it's one of the dirtiest. I mean, I've never been to Cleveland, but that's one of the dirtiest rivers I have ever seen in my life is that Tampa Bay I didn't river. See the river. I just walked, uh, I would just walk there at night, went to Amali Arena and left. Went back to Orlando, I think. Or my, no, I don't remember. Orlando is relatively close. Yeah, relatively Orlando. Close. Yeah, we drove from Orlando to Tampa to watch the Lightning lose to the Islanders. Boom, 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 boom. Let's go, Islander. I'm trying to, I can't match yeah. the raspiness of yeah, Stu no, no. voice. I, it just doesn't work. Um, where else? Uh, the artist formerly known as the Staples Center went there. Oh, the Crypt. The Crypt. Yeah, I watched uh, Kirby drop 40 on the Pistons, got free tacos. That's great. Oh, yeah, free tacos. Yeah, back, in Those the, things. Uh, Lamar, back in the Lamar Odom Lakers days. Lamar Odom, Jordan Farmar. These are the Lakers teams of my childhood. Steve Blake was there. Steve Blake was like the oldest basketball player I've ever seen. Uh, just assume Steve Blake is now 58 years old because he was playing as 46 when I was a child. Longevity in the sport. Congratulations, yeah. Steve Blake. Yeah. Wonder what wonder what Steve Blake is up to now. Wonder if he's uh, doing all right. For the week. Why don't you what? find out? Get, yeah, get him on. <laughs> yeah I, I would love to have Steve Blake on the bot. Oh, he's an American basketball coach yeah. now. He's a wow. coach, apparently. Wow. So let's see where Steve Has he Blake... been punched in the face this week? He has not been punched in the face. It appears his last job as a coach was as an assistant for the Phoenix Suns. He was wow. uh, that was in 2020. That was the last time he was uh, he was employed in, as an NBA oh, yeah, coach. That's... It's not a bad time to have been working at the Phoenix Suns. He got let go in the uh, the time in between the pandemic and the bubble starting up again. So that was a oh. bad time to leave the Phoenix Suns, I shall yeah, say. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. But hey, Full Steve time. Blake's final stop was playing for the Sydney Kings. How about that? Wow. How about that? Yeah. Terrible that was his... team now. <laughs> Shane Hill played for the Sydney Kings. Fun fact, no one cares about. No, he yeah. played in the NBA, I think. I'm sure he played in the NBA. Sean Hill? Um, Shane Hill. Shane um, Hill? I've not heard Shane of the name. Hill. H-E-A-L. Zach? Zach? Um, not exactly. Zach? What's his name? Podcast with a mean. He told me that Shane Hill was one of his favorite Australian basketballers. And I thought that was very interesting. Because how did he know who he was? Oh, God, this is old time. Uh, let's see. Played for two years with the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then seven years later, won a championship with the San Antonio uh, yeah, San Antonio Spurs. Uh, very weird. That's what Australians do. <laughs> very weird path to winning a championship. It was seven I years after Greece. finishing. Yeah. Played in Greece as well. Yeah. Good, good for him. 
now a coach in the New Zealand National Basketball League, which is apparently semi-professional league in New Zealand. Yeah. Wow. Good riddance to him then. Good for him. Let's see the long illustrious history of the Sydney Kings. Uh, Sydney Kings club demise. Wow. Rarely do you ever see a, uh, rarely do you ever see a club demise on the Wikipedia page of a team on March 24th, 2008 coach Brian, Brian Gorgian. Gorgian quit the club Gorgian. after a mutual He's American, agreement. Brian Gorgian. Gorgian. And then June of 2008, the national basketball league terminated their license as the firepower collapsed and the Kings were unable to pay players salaries. <laughs> Jesus. Yeah, the, whole league, the whole league collapsed. Like to be fair, it's not just a them issue. The whole league. Okay. Collapsed. Okay. That makes a lot more sense that this is a, this is a universal thing that the entire Australian basketball league fell apart. Yeah. And, and then it was kind of like, reinvigorated it started again pretty much so the teams that were in that um initial nbl um didn't all continue in the um second coming of the nbl oh they also had brian bowen play for their team because brian bowen was the guy who got caught up in the adidas scandal at louisville and didn't end up getting to play college basketball because of it yeah Good for them. Yeah. Uh, well, no, also, no I, I wish them no success. Ever. This is not your team. You're, you don't root for all seven teams in, in Sydney or Melbourne. They, they, no, they, they only have one team, I think, in Sydney. The, oh, um, well, then I guess. Uh, yeah. No, the NBL doesn't have uh, that many. Like in Sydney, no, oh, hang on. Illawarra is in New South Wales in the same state. Um, no, they've only got two teams in that state. We have two teams in Melbourne, so that just tells yeah. you about the sporting prowess of that state. They're not, they don't care about sport at all. But Brian Gorgian is still the coach of one of those teams. Um. Anyway, Melbourne United is my team. Delhi good plays for Melbourne, Melbourne United. Oh, good for Delhi. Glad he's still hanging around playing basketball yes. somewhere. Yeah. Yep, he's playing well. Joe Ingalls will be there soon, hopefully. Joe Ingalls will be there soon. Joe Ingalls did say that he would return to play in Melbourne when his career is over. Um, that knee injury is not wasn't good. And now he plays for the purgatory of sadness that is the Portland Trailblazers. Correct. Except they also have Damian Lillard, so that'll be good enough to get them well, the 10 seed in the West. Wow, there's six retired jerseys for the Melbourne Tigers, who are now Melbourne United. Two of them are Americans, David Simmons and Leonard Copeland. I have no idea who either of those people are. Leonard Copeland was my favorite player in the 90s. He was American. He was my absolute favorite. I chased him around a shopping center once, like a, like a fangirl. I was about 10. <laughs> Lovely. Lovely for you, at ten years old, enjoying some nineteen nineties NBA on Australian basketball. NBL, NBL is that is what the competition is here. NBL and NBA. No, just Australian players who made it to the NBA. Yeah, like Andrew Gaze made it to the NBA. Is this good content? 
trying to figure out no, is this it's, it's, <laughs> really, it's really the, really bad exactly listing the bad. history of melbourne united melbourne tigers back in the day he um he played for the san antonio spurs too because all australians do no, it's, it's their funnel systems. It's St. Mary's right. and it's San Antonio. They have figured yeah, out the exactly. pipeline to Australia and New Zealand. And now the Brooklyn Nets. <laughs> yep. And the Brooklyn Nets. It's only a matter of time before Stephen Adams ends up finding his way there. I know Stephen he's from Adams New Zealand. Is from New Zealand. New Zealand. I know he's from New Zealand, which is why I Stop. don't understand how he ended up at Pitt of all places. Because New Zealand is the Pitts. You proud of that joke? Very. New Zealand is the pits. <laughs> I would have landed Pit. the plane right there. Fuck those guys. Pit basketball, who has not been good my entire lifetime. That is that is the joke. New Zealand thing. has not been good my entire lifetime. <laughs> New Zealand's fighting an unfair fight. New Zealand lost 5-0 to the U.S. Women's National Team and had three own goals by the same player. That's just that's just unfortunate. That's just so unfortunate. Nobody, nobody enjoyed that more than I did. Pitt last made the NCAA tournament in 2016. Uh, they have not finished. So since their first place finish in 2011, they have gone tied for 13th, 4th, first round exit, 9th, 9th, 13th, 15th, 14th, 13th, and 12th in the ACC. So, yeah, pit basketball, just not in the greatest place. But they had Steven Adams once upon a time. Wow. Like, Lord of, like New Zealand had Lord of the Rings one time. That was the only good thing about the country. It's when they had the Hobbits. They had the hobbits roaming around their island. Correct. Yeah, I did not know that. Didn't care to know that. Nobody lives there. You you didn't know that was where the Lord of the Rings is filmed? No, no, I'm not not much of a movie person, shall we say? I also am I. I've never seen it, and I never will see it. You know why? (laughs) Because it's filmed in New Zealand. (laughs) Not because it's terrible movies. Yeah, and 17 hours long I yeah I, I ain't got time for that ain't nobody got time for that if you've got four hours to watch a movie get a life if you have four hours to do anything with content watch euphoria on hbo but that'll that'll only get All you right. so far. i'm getting to it i'm getting to it like i had to have a smoke break during avatar i ain't got four hours oh. yeah yeah it's hard to find four hours to do anything especially when there are other priorities like being weird podcast people yeah four consecutive hours no i can only spend that watching i can only spend seven hours on a sunday watching i can only do it with football and the levitard show i can't watch anything else correct correct i can only dedicate four hours a day to listening to podcasts sorry exactly no that's exactly my thing it's just i can only do so much podcasts and actually having a life where i can find enough time to watch euphoria no, I can't watch. I can't watch and do other things. Right, so I can listen to a podcast and do other things. 
Yeah, but I could also listen to music and do other things. That's easy enough to do. Podcasts, I kind of have to focus so I can hear what they're saying, unless it's just empty calories like the Levitard show can be sometimes. Sometimes I can go into autopilot with that after listening to literally thousands of hours of this show. Sometimes I can go into autopilot. Yeah. All right. You So is Euphoria good? Am, am I being recommended this? Right would now? would recommend, but again, I, I've only watched, I only have time for maybe one television show a month. Maybe one television show a month. That's the best I can do. And a lot of it is oh. HBO. So I, I would say season one, very good. Season two writing, kind of lazy, but still good. All right. So I've got the service to watch that. Okay. All right. I'll start today. Euphoria. Yeah. Did you finish I'll Ted Lasso yet? No, because I don't. I don't want. I don't want to get to the bit that people said was sad. So I'm not watching. What? What are you? Which somebody, part is this? Somebody. I don't know. Somebody said that it ends. Uh, they that they cried, and I don't want to cry. In so, season like, one? To, no, in season two. I'm up to season two. Oh, so okay. Somebody. Somebody said that like that it's sad or that they cried, and so I can't. I can't keep watching. I have to stop because I don't want to cry about Ted Lasso. I don't want something bad to happen. I'm an emotional person. Okay. So where are you right now? Where did you leave off? I don't know. I don't know. So it was a while ago. Did you ever watch the beard episode? I don't know. Have you seen the funeral episode? No. Thank you, Kyle. Fuck. It's not real. It's not, it's not anyway. It's not an important character. It's not important. Is it, is it Beard's bitch girlfriend? What? Is it Beard's bitch girlfriend. <laughs> Are you talking about the person with the daughter <laughs> who's best no? friends with, with no, the... no, 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 not her. Not the one that calls her stinky. No. Who are you talking about? The the girlfriend of Beard that's not very nice. No. That, like, stalks him. <laughs> She doesn't die. Then. He's such a side character in this entire show. What are you talking? About? <laughs> you said this wasn't an important character. Yeah, even oh, less not. important than that. It's a character you never oh. meet. Oh, okay. It's even all less right. important than that character. Oh, all right. Well, I don't want to know now. <laughs> that episode's the really yeah. intense one. That episode is the one that they're probably talking about. If you're going to cry right. in any one, it's that one. Right. I think so it's Ted. Doesn't tell me now. Does Ted die? Does oh, Ted die? <laughs> no. Does something happen to Ted? Or maybe it's Ted's bitch wife. No, we've met her. No, no one dies. <laughs> you said it was a funeral. There is a funeral someone, for a character that dies no one. Funeral. Yes, there, someone dies, but it's a character that never gets introduced right. in the entire show until they die. Or is it the dog? <laughs> no. <laughs> Do you want me to spoil it or not? No. No, no. you don't want to know that it's Rebecca's dad. Oh, you fucking asshole. But again, the character was never introduced in the entire show. No, we only met Rebecca's mom. Okay, that's fine. Yes, the character never got introduced in the entire show. That's the episode that's that's intense. All right, well, I can watch it. I'll keep going. Yeah, there's a scene that's like five minutes long that I rewatched like 10 times over because it's so intense. And maybe I would have cried if I had been, you know, not if I'd been capable of tears. If you weren't emotionally disconnected. Yeah. So you know how you're incapable of tears? I'm capable of all of the tears. 
Like, you know how you're like you're missing the connections. I've got all of them, and this every emotion a- I have just pours out of my eyeballs. I'm not Absolutely. even sure if this one is a crying one or more just a chills down your back type of one. I think it probably depends on your experience, but I think it's it's either the last episode or the third to last ep- or second to last or third to last episode before the season ends. I'm 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 pretty cl- I'd have to be pretty close to it. And like we're obviously working up to that because we had Rebecca's mom um coming to the series season and like they, they were going to split up and he bought her a Tesla or whatever and she yeah. So it's going to happen. Right. Yeah. Okay. So you know like that I'm emotionally much. prepared now. I feel like I'm ready. I'm ready for this. I can do this. I can handle this. You can handle the amazing got this. final climactic scene of Ted Lasso. I think this is, if I had to remember correctly, I think this is the, it's either, I think it's the third to last episode of the season. I think it's the, the episode 10, if I had to guess. I feel like I'm really working up to this. Like I worked up to watching the Red Wedding, like four years after everyone watched the Red Wedding. <laughs> Wait, okay, I'm ready. It, is Red Wedding a term of like from Game of Thrones? Yeah, yeah. I, I never so watched the Game of Thrones. I was, and then you know, I, what's oh. I got sucked into watching whatever, and I pretty much stopped after the Red Wedding. I was like, all right, well. I'm done. That's enough. It was funny. Something happened to me this weekend about that, where the, there was we were walking and there was like a you know like a restaurant where like it's kind of built slightly underground, so you have to go like down a flight of stairs to get into yeah. it. The person mm-hmm. I was with was explaining how this would be a perfect type of venue for a red wedding in Game of Thrones. <laughs> I was just like, "Sir, this is I'm a round gonna, table pizza." <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm just going to throw it out there that you shouldn't be alone with that person again. If that person is actually contemplating venues to host a red wedding, you do not want to be in attendance. It's just it's underground. It's easy to lock the uh-huh. doors. Yeah. Yep. That person is a psychopath. You need <laughs> to get away. And I think that you should really limit your contact with them from now on. I was just like. Sir, this is a round table pizza. I don't think we're going to have a mass killing event at a round table pizza. I bet you those people that went to the movies thought that too. You never know. God, I feel like this would be on the news more. This would this would be covered on the news if dragons pulled up to a round table pizza and just sprayed everyone with fire breath. Dragons didn't kill anyone at the wedding, you idiot. The dragons weren't at the wedding. You didn't even watch. Don't let this person tell you the dragons killed everybody because I don't know. They're a killer. That person is a killer. Straight. I'm just I'm just workshopping comedy here. Like (laughs) you know what kind of comedy I like? The comedy where everyone dies. (laughs) Who holds a wedding at a round table pizza? I mean, come on. Different strokes for different folks. Don't judge them. <laughs> what brings people together more than pizza? 